Okay, everybody, welcome to uh, Dojo Universe here. Um, we're going to get started just by listening to um, one of the really awesome medleys from the World Pipe Band Championships, and that'll give people a chance to sign in. And then we'll uh, move on with uh, today's exciting content. So here's Inverarian District, um, their medley from the World Pipe Band Championships. <laughs>
Okay. Well, that's pretty interesting. I, I just think that's such a, uh, it's just an outstanding performance. Um, I was kind of, I was kind of uh, surprised, generally speaking, uh, at, at the medley result at the Worlds. What do you think, Ben? I think uh, I was also surprised. Um, I thought uh, Inverary's medley. I, I was one of the one of the few I think that actually had them out of the top six this year. Because um, that, I mean, just comparatively, like you know, you'd give anything to be where they are, right? So um, it was still musically great, but still some things that were struggling and maybe kept them out of the list. Um, but uh, overall, I, it was I, kind of a surprising. I didn't feel like that medley performance was lacking very much. Uh, the sound <laughs> was the sound was out of this world. I mean, um, especially that recording. Uh, I'm not sure you know where it was taken or what equipment was used, but man, it's just really, really, really sort of. Oh yeah, good. It, was, it was really dynamic and really and really good. Um, definitely, definitely. You know, what, what's interesting is it's, it shows you what where you know the directions you can go while staying somewhat mainstream i guess if you want to call it that you know sort of straightforward um tunes but just putting a twist on them and still keeping it interesting and and exciting you know really exciting yeah i think that's i think that's a quality that's been lost um with the top uh you know like with the sort of field marshal era it's like i and um I don't know. I, I don't want to criticize them because their medleys are still great, but it doesn't have that punch, you know, that um, that SFU gets, and and now more recently, you know, the Stephen McCorder yeah. drum corps. I, I think really bringing that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Stephen and Stewart. They just have an amazing excitement there that that I don't feel like Field Marshal brings to the table, and, and so, um, and and that's again just an opinion, of course. Sure. But, sure. Uh, um, I think that's sort of really exciting. Um, drive that Inverary yeah. and SFU get when they play is something that gets overlooked. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's probably a, it's probably a matter of time before. I mean, there was a period of time where that got rewarded for a bit, right? And uh, yes, and, and now we're definitely it's sort of swung the other way now. And I, th I think hopefully maybe maybe that would start another, a new trend in that direction where the bands, the top bands, will have to sort of kick it up a notch or two to sort of stay yeah. competitive. You know. I certainly feel that way about the MSR playing. I, I, I actually kind of like the laid back thing, especially as a pipe major, because it's a lot easier to, uh, it's a lot easier to teach people to play relaxed and, and, you know, a little bit slower and, and more expressive. But, you know, at, at, you know, when you get into playing super fast and exciting, I mean, the level of technique that's required to pull that off is of course, uh, really high. So I don't know. It's all, all, uh, really kind of interesting. So, um, Vin, tell me what's on the go here today. Well, you know, you know well, speaking of technique and other things, uh, nuts and bolts, I think uh, we want to talk about late, recent Pipes Drums uh, post had an uh, interview with David Clooney from the Denny and Dunapace Glen Eagles band, um, who've been sort of raking in the prizes in grade two. Now, who won the grade year. two this year? Was it, was it them? I don't. No. I can't even remember. I know I, I should remember. know. <laughs> I feel like a dummy. Um, but they've. Been, I think they won the British. I think they won the Europeans. Um, they might not have been at the top, in, at the Worlds, but they were in the list. I and, know they were definitely in the list. Yeah, uh, and I'm, so I'm so they're you know they're 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 the latest contenders to be bumped up into the into the big league, you know the big leagues you know the, the grid, into the show you know, um, so and I think the latest. They you know, did win. Uh, they did win the Worlds. Yes. Okay, and so Pipes Drums had a post about um, you know making that leap you know from from one grade oh. to the next. Or did I lie? Did I lie? No, I didn't lie. <laughs> uh, it's so hard. It sometimes so, can be hard to read this site. I don't know what comes. But anyway, I digress. Sorry about that. Right. So you know, so traditionally, you know, the band who uh, you know takes rakes in the top prizes in grade two, particularly at the Worlds, is usually a uh, you know high on the list for uh, for an upgrade. Which presents its own set of challenges, right? Um, you know, I think if it was Andrew Berthoff who wrote that post, you know, he, he talks about the grade one being a graveyard of, for bands when they move up. Um, and it's certainly, you know, the challenges are not to be underestimated. But and and certainly the the field is littered with the bodies of former bands that tried to make that leap and couldn't do it. So uh, so and you know so the uh, interview covers uh, some of the more sort of nuts and bolts things about what it takes for a band to sort of move up that level you know whether it's you know 
grade two to one or any other grade, grade three to you know four to three or two to three to two, whatever. Um, yeah, should we have a look? I mean, um, so, we brought the uh, the video that Pipes Drums did. We have that here. Um, let's let's have a a look at it. This is, of course, from pipestrums.com. We had a, a really good season um, this year, um, but that really is an accumulation of two hard winter practices seasons. Um, you know that that's really uh, brought that about um, between myself coming in and also Arthur Cook coming in to uh, uh, you know take on the back back end of the band, improving things greatly there. Um, obviously, any band, it's, there's there's two halves to it, and you know both sides have to be on song for to you know to, to produce the, the goods at the end of the day. But um, yeah, it, it, that's really come about from two good close seasons, uh, winters practices um, accumulating, and obviously this season with the two settings at the first two majors, and then subsequently winning the Europeans of Worlds and uh, the Kell Championships. So highly de delighted with that. Yeah, obviously. Um, but experience helped in as much that uh, I, I had already um, competed in grade one, so did Arthur. So we brought that experience in with us anyway into into the band. But subsequently, um, the technique, uh, developing the technique within the band, um, you know, obviously enhancing that technique with the guys that were already there. We obviously supplemented that with some of the guys that we already knew from from the past. Um, and and it's really just a case of combining. All these things, the technique, uh, producing good sound, knowing your your, your guys' capabilities, um, and and really trying to get all these things together uh, at the same time to you know produce the goods. We knew we, we held on to the two MSRs that we had from last season because we knew we were playing them fairly well. Um, but this season, this past season, we knew that the, predominantly the whole core of the, the competition this year would be around the medley. Um, we worked really hard on producing a good medley, a good selection of tunes for the medley, uh, and we knew that we, you know, as long as we could do uh, get a bit of consistency um, and get the tone, uh, the tone right for the, the band, then certainly we knew that we wouldn't be too far away with the with the competition. Certainly, the the jump to grade one, um, yeah, it can be, um, and I, I think the problem with that is because. From the bottom of grade one up to even the you know the up to seventh eighths uh, in grade one, um, you know it's it's all good um, bands there, good performances they put in, and I think if you jump into that grade just playing mediocre, um, subsequently you're going to end up in the bottom half of, of grade one, um, and I think it really is a case. So if you make that leap, you've got to go in there. With something that's a little bit exceptional to to be noticed, um, and hopefully not fall in the, the latter half of the grade, um, and it is very difficult. Um, we could obviously only um, work on and build on what we've already done in the past two seasons between myself and Arthur uh, with the band. Subsequently, you know, not only obviously working on the technique, sound, and, and other things that go along with that. But looking to obviously strength the, the talent within the, the band as well. Um, you know, we obviously have some interest with the with, with the, the season that we've had uh, already. So that all goes without saying it all strengthens strengthens the band and would helpfully um, hopefully help us move into to grade one and make some kind of impact there um, without, as I said, falling into the, the bottom end. But we'll, obviously, we would have to wait and see. Pretty sure there's probably a lot more than three, just three bits of information that I could probably give. But if it really did come down to that, I mean, fundamentally, um, you know, the first aspect, without a shadow of a doubt, is, is from a point major's point of view, is trying to get the technique um, employed into the, the, the players. Um, good attends for a start, obviously, um, because you don't want half your band turning up throughout the winter because really you're not going to achieve anything like that. So really a good turnouts, commitment for the guys so you can work on the technique, get the technique good. That's your first port call as far as I'm concerned. Um, second of all, really probably um, tune selection um, or medley construction. Um, obviously something may appear to be musical to yourself, but uh, 
maybe not necessarily to 75% of the audience that you'll play to. So I think it's always worthwhile, um, you know, get your tune selections out there, um, get ideas from guys in the band, but also once you make up your medley selections, put them out there, try and get second opinions just to see um, if you're on the right track with the medleys. Um, and lastly of all, obviously, is, is tone. Tone is critical, certainly, the higher the grades you go. Um, you know, your sound has to be spot on, has to be good. Subsequently, you need to know the play your players really well with their strengths, uh, the blown type of read or, or the strength of reads and stuff like that. That's going to help tremendously towards the sound that you're going to achieve at the end of the day. Um, so, as I said, you know, these are three fundamental points that I would certainly concentrate on. But there is other things, obviously, that all go round about that that uh, make to any prize-winning band at the end of the day. It's very hard. Um, you know, it would be a shock to me as well. Um, going for you know, if that happens and then you know you, you make the leap to the Premier League and and, and, and nothing comes your way, um, you've really still got to obviously keep morale high. Uh, you know, keep things interesting, um, keep developing, keep moving forward. It is. It's very tough when you then jump into the next the next grade, um, and and you're playing uh, at the end of the day. You know, to what might be top ten um, initially. Um, and I think you've got to set these goals. I think you've got to say um, to the guys in the band, if it's this is your first year in the next grade up or whatever, you've got to say this is what your ambitions are in that first year when you go in there. So you've got to set yourself some kind of goals. And I think for um, for ourselves, certainly, um, you know, going into grade one, if that comes about, um, it would be nice to think that uh, our goals would be, in the first year certainly, would be consistency within maybe the top ten in the grade. Um, you know, but uh, as I said, yeah, it, it is very tough on the guys. I think that uh, the band does have the core players that um, you know are there for for the band. Yeah, it'd be good if the prizes come along, but um, I think they've also kind of come to about to you know understand that as long as we can go on putting a performance where at the end of the day all the guys come off are delighted with the performance, it would probably be good enough for for us certainly in the first year. Okay, great. Well, I definitely um, I want to give. <laughs> as it continues to fade out. Uh, full credit there, and uh, special thanks to Andrew Bertoff from uh, PipesDrums.com, which is an amazing website. I'm sure, Vin, you um, you would agree there. Um, oh, it's yeah. the place you should go to get pipe band news and all sorts of stuff like that, and um, that video was taken from, from Andrew's YouTube account there, so um, so special thanks to him for putting that together, and and so... Yeah, and, it's, uh, and, it's a, and it's a great topic, too, I think, um, you know, which departs typically from there. From the typical content you see on Twice Drums, is usually like the latest, greatest news and the who's who. But yeah. this is a, quite a different take, which is a great aspect of, I think, an, an overlooked aspect to, to pipe bands. You know, um, you know, because we all, we all, we're all in this, and we all constantly try to improve and move forward. And then when you're moving forward to the point where you can't move forward anymore, you're in the upper grade, and the only way to go, the only way to place to go is to top, to the top of that group, right? So. It's it's kind of a it's an overlooked thing. No one really explores what what it really takes. You know what 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 are some of the challenges and you know some of the I think you know Clooney hits the nail on the head when it comes to sort of the nuts and bolts. You know technique and tone and you know making good good music and things like that. But you know you, you always expect to to listen to these interviews and get some sort of insight. I mean these guys are at the top grade two. They want to go into the grade one and you would hope that you get like. You know, particularly if you're sort of in a grade three band or something, and you're listening. You want some sort of insight that you really don't already know. <laughs> you know, you know, well, you kind of have to work on the technique and the tone and you know and stuff like that. And you know, I think there's a, a lot of uh, not so obvious things at the heart of those things. You know, all those nuts and bolts are part of a bigger picture. I think that need to be in in operation if you're really serious about moving forward. Yeah, um, I mean, I, it's it's all very interesting. I, I both agree and disagree with you there. Uh, I think that, um, you know, I, and we've, I've actually done this a, a many, many times. Um, I was involved in Oren Moore when they moved originally from grade three to grade two. And then I was also, of course, heavily involved in Oren Moore's move from grade two to grade one. And um, it is really kind of remarkably simple. I mean, it's, it's basically a matter of um, 
continuing to move the band forward and uh and i think that's sort of what he was getting at is was sure, very yeah. much our approach which was it's not so much that you're jumping to a new grade it's it's more that um you're continuing to move the band forward and the grade level that you happen to fit into um is different and, yeah. and of course you know th- there is something you know there's something to be said for i know in or and more we we pushed hard to move to grade one because uh, we felt like that was where we needed to be and especially with international uh relations you know it can actually be quite difficult to move to the final grade and so we, mm-hmm. we had to take the we had to go for the opportunity when it was there um, but uh, and yeah, there are right. so, obviously yeah. The, the real challenge is really to stay there, isn't it? I mean, it's not so much the move up, you know, um, and what you got to do to 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 sort of crack the the ceiling. It's it's staying there. And there's certainly a lot of bands, particularly in the grade one, who 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 make a go of it and uh, manage to stay together. They're not <laughs> they're not part of that graveyard, you know. Um, they're 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 making a go of it, and you know they've got good sound and good technique and good music and all this stuff, but success doesn't necessarily come their way competitively right so so what what is really at the heart of that you know if everybody if it was just technique you know you'd see all kinds of bands at the top right or if it was just good music you'd see other bands at the top all the time you know there are very few bands that uh very few bands that have really top-notch technique and so Sure. You know, yeah. I mean, I yeah. You know, if when you when you cut it finer, definitely. I mean, this is this is what competition is all about, right? So, you know what I think um, it is. I think um, I think it has to do with the band attitude towards um, the results. Um, I, I I feel like if a band is truly focused on improving and putting out the best performance they can, and and if that attitude is built well into the culture of a mm-hmm. band, um, I feel like any band can stay together at any level. Right. Uh, Right. Yeah, there definitely has to be a sort of a That's core, smart. a core belief or a set of beliefs that yeah. really have to uh, be in operation, which is, you know, really the point of this uh, this next video. You know, uh, this Richard Saint John video from the TED conference several years ago, actually, um, where he sort of distills, um, you know, the secrets to success in anything really by interviewing, you know, hundreds yeah. of very successful people. Um, and 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 how they did it, you know, what what were the common threads there, um, and and it's really it's a really great video, and the, and the points are key, and I think if you looked at any band in any grade having success, you would see these all of these in action in some way. Um, yeah. And I and I think in a lot of ways, like you know, the things working on technique and the nuts and bolts and sort of um, obvious things, really just part of that. You know, they're just they they fall into, you can split them apart and put them into against a couple of these concepts you know um if they're in operation so when we watch this yeah so we watch this just video? Sort of, yeah let's watch this one there is actually um just uh there is at least i think there's one bad word but it turns out to be an acronym so it's okay but uh just in case there are any <laughs> super super young people watching there's one uh four letter word here just throwing it out there, but not nothing serious. It's not it's not in the code red four letter words. You know, it's nothing worse than you'd hear on the Family Channel on ABC. To put it that way. Um, but I digress. Here we go. This is really a two-hour presentation I give to high school students, cut down to three minutes. And it all started one day on a plane on my way to TED, seven years ago. And in the seat next to me was a a high school student, a teenager, and she came from a really poor family. And she wanted to make something of her life. And she asked me a simple little question. She said, what leads to success? And I felt really badly because I couldn't give her a good answer. So I get off the plane and I come to TED. And I think, geez, I'm in the middle of a room of successful people. So why don't I ask them what helped them succeed and pass it on to kids? So here we are, seven years, 500 interviews later, and I'm going to tell you what really leads to success and makes Tedsters tick. And the first thing is passion. Freeman Thomas says, I'm driven by my passion. Tedsters do it for love. They don't do it for money. Carol Coletta says, I would pay someone to do what I do. And the interesting thing is, if you do it for love, the money comes anyway. Work. Rupert Murdoch said to me, it's all hard work. Nothing comes easily. But I have a lot of fun. 
Did he say fun, Rupert? Yes. <laughs> Tedsters do have fun working, and they work hard. I figured they're not workaholics. They're work of frolics. <laughs> Good. Alice Garden says, to be successful, put your nose down in something and get damn good at it. There's no magic. It's practice, practice, practice. And it's focus. Norman Jewison said to me, I think it all has to do with focusing yourself on one thing. And push. David Gallo says, push yourself. Physically, mentally, you've got to push, push, push. You've got to push through shyness and self-doubt. Goldie Hahn says, I always had self-doubts. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I didn't think I'd make it. Now, it's not always easy to push yourself, and that's why they invented mothers. <laughs> Frank Geary. Frank Geary said to me, my mother pushed me. <laughs> serve. Sherwin Newland says it was a privilege to serve as a doctor. Now, a lot of kids tell me they want to be millionaires, and the first thing I say to them is, okay, well, you can't serve yourself. You've got to serve others something of value, because that's the way people really get rich. Ideas. Tedster Bill Gates says, I had an idea. Founding the first microcomputer software company. I'd say it was a pretty good idea. And there's no magic to creativity in coming up with ideas. It's just doing some very simple things. And I give lots of evidence. Persist. Joe Krauss says persistence is the number one reason for our success. You've got to persist through failure. You've got to persist through crap, which of course means criticism, rejection, assholes, and pressure. <laughs> So the, big ant, the answer to this question is simple. Pay 4,000 bucks and come to TED. <laughs> or failing that, do the eight things, and trust me, these are the big eight things that lead to success. Thank you, Tedsters, for all your interviews. I'm just going to leave it on pause there so we can sort of see these, these things here. Yeah, that's cool. So... Um, yeah, what did everybody think there about you have that? It. Yeah, I, I thought that was I mean, a really cool video. It is cool, and and I think it really, I mean, it really does boil down to simple things. I mean, I think uh, he, Clooney was really sort of hinting at a, a lot of these things, um, but never really sort of grabbing onto them in specifically, you know. And I think if I think anybody could do themselves a world of good if they, you know, sort of focused on them specifically and figured out what it is. How do I? How do I? produce an action that supports every single one of these in some way and i think you know the some of the the best bands you could identify without even knowing anybody in the band you could just look at the band see how they operate and and pick out every single one of these concepts in some way um which is really cool yeah i mean uh i don't know if it's so much related to um necessarily uh, upgrading, but I think, yeah, as far as success goes, right? I mean, passion is the number one thing. I mean, uh, you know, I think if, I think when an average person looks at me and I tell them that I am a bagpiper for a living, they think, you've got to be absolutely freaking crazy. And they look <laughs> at me all cross-eyed. But I think it comes down to the, the fact that, you know, I have a passion for what I'm doing. And I think that, oh, absolutely. so like, I think anybody in the pipe band world, you know, um, who decides to get involved in competing and goes around to the games and stuff. I mean, I think passion's the number one thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's the number oh, one driving factor. And then, you know, those who don't really have the passion for it, I think that they're the ones that are less successful, you know, the, or exactly. the, people who have, the people who have a passion for chilling out with their friends in the beer tent as opposed to actually making the music. You know, I think that definitely detracts from exactly, and I think that's where a lot of bands struggle. You know, when you have when you have an entire group of people, you know, expressing that passion, and 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 everything follows after that. You know, and then that's where amazing things start to happen. And that's, and I think, you know, when it relates to sort of moving up a grade, I think serving these these aspects, you know, as the the core of of the band's success, really, or or even still, even looking at what your own band does well. You know, like what what brought you to the top of where you are. And is going to put you into the next level up. You know, you fo you focus on those strengths and actually build on those. It's not, you know, playing better technique, even though it really kind of is, right? But that departs from something like hard work, right? Or let's move on uh, to work. Or, so, you know, so does does work have anything to do with being successful? 
I think no band progresses without hard work, both as a group yeah. or individually, period. It's funny. It's, <laughs> it, it's funny you should mention that because this seems totally obvious. But I could name more bands that believe they can be successful without doing any hard work. There, I think there are more bands out there who believe that than believe that uh, they need to work really, really, really hard, and that's how they're going to do it. You know, like I find it to be one of the most ironic things. You know, I think, you know, maybe there's not more, but there's a shockingly large right. number of bands who yeah. believe that that it's just a matter of assembling a collection of shortcuts, uh, and and that their band can be successful uh, with those shortcuts. And they honestly believe that the hard work and blood, sweat, and tears is um, not going to be required. Like, uh, have yeah. you ever heard of a band that's like, uh, especially, I know I've heard of countless grade uh, two and one, you know, quote unquote bands that um, that just hand the music out to a bunch of hot shots and they have practices right. maybe once a month. And then their idea is that they're going to go out and, and be great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, for, for a long that. time, that was the U.S.'s, uh, the Eastern U.S.'s sort of strategy, <laughs> you know, yes. hoping that it would actually, you know, sort of materialize out of the blue, you know. Exactly right. Uh, and it's always very shocking. I mean, um, and, and of course, some bands don't have the ability to practice many, many times a month. But um, if, if you are a band that gets together less frequently, then tons and tons of hard work has to go on behind the scenes. Right. Um, you know, or and more is a little bit like that. We we're not able to practice um, three times a week. We practice once a week. And in between, we have to do a lot of work with players in order to... Right, right. Uh, to get you know, and I think a lot of the problems, too, happen, you know, if it's not so much a shocking thing where you don't believe that work is necessary, other things take precedence over the work. You know, fans tend to get focused or bogged down in things that sort of distract them from the actual work, you know. Um, that, right, and like, that, that uh, leads to problems, you know. Yeah, like who's like the interpersonal stuff. Be? Yeah, exactly, you know, like, uh, or, or just stupid stuff like that you know yeah, i've seen many a band you know i think there are many that. there are many situations where leadership changes should probably occur um but uh i can't i can't get over how many bands um you know break up or go through huge chaotic events uh based on who, who should be leader of the band where you look at them and you say well they're not they're not working hard enough it doesn't matter who the leader is um the attitude yeah, exactly don't. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Or they're focusing on uh, s silly things like, you know, how many reads they're buying and, you know, how many parades so-and-so is marching yeah. and or what know, the graphics like should you know. look like on the bass drum. <laughs> yeah. I'm to I, I think I'm you should just put a big mirrored surface on the bass drum. How about that? Um, I think people have tried that, too. OK, huh? I digress. Um, <laughs> so uh, what about focus? I mean, you sort of were talking already about, you know, what things uh, does your band or and by the way, this can also apply to soloists, but you know, what things are you really focused on? And I would, um, I, I would, uh, offer up, um, an anecdote from my own career, uh, both with bands and in the solos for sure is I become sometimes if I, if I'm not careful and, uh, you know, um, and you know, I end up being focused on the result and I, I find that's, that's a one-way street that just leads to misery for me. Yeah. And um, not surprisingly, um, it always leads to a not first-place result. Um, it right, always right. leads to an also-ran type of performance and not that inspiring. And I always feel like I need to make sure I stay focused on creating the best music I can possibly create and stay focused on improving. Um, otherwise, I end up unhappy and ultimately unsuccessful. Absolutely. Um, and, I think, I think so that single-minded really commitment is important, you know, especially, you know, when it comes to a group like a band, right? I think everybody has to have that commitment. I think focus and commitment are sort of sort of interchangeable in this respect, you know. I think uh, everybody's got to be committed to the group and what the group's wanting, trying to achieve, you know. Yeah, and um, I mean, it's not to say that your goal is not to win. Obviously, the goal is to win, but it needs to be through uh, or, or, you know, it needs to be by focusing on... Um, on those musical things that, you know, those are the things of value that you have to offer. Right. Um, a lot of people become focused on that. What about these things? Um, are nece they're necessary to be, you know, it's necessary to, to, to be good and it's necessary to work hard, you know. <laughs> it's like it's, all these things sort of lead to the other, you know. Right, exactly. What about uh, persistence? Persistence, I think, really is kind of like should be the top of the list. 
maybe maybe just below passion if anything you know I think uh, I think good bands take their competitive lumps and move forward but great bands don't even let the results slow them down you know I think they just you know, are moving so consistently and always improving and always sounding good that it's like wins and losses become you know immaterial <laughs> you know yeah um, I'm sure they all get upset occasionally I'm sure uh, SFU was not happy this year um, you know they had some great performances and uh, I'm sure that sort of stung you know when they put everything out there to sort of uh, make it happen and it doesn't you know the wind you know the results don't come you know even though they've they've done superbly you know um, but you know that that definitely won't slow them down right yeah. they'll, they'll keep it's moving they'll come it. out you know, I, I've been, you know, as a member, I was a member of SFU for six years, and um, you know, a lot of the younger guys in the band will get really heartbroken about a result like, you know, a not first place result. Uh, I, of course, experienced that all six times. Was a not was close, <laughs> but no cigar. But um, uh, and at first, when we were first in the band, it was really, really shattering. And then over time, you realize that the veterans in the band, and definitely Jack and Terry. Lee and and Reed Maxwell, um, sure they they're bummed, but it, it takes a very short period of time for them to regroup, and to just get t- completely focused on doing it again and doing it way better. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and they're such a, an ideal example of of a successful pipe band, and and, it, and uh, they don't have to win for them to be an amazing uh, band to experience. Yeah. Right? And that's the kind of persistence I think that you know is when it becomes part of your DNA. You know, um, it just becomes so second nature that you just you just keep moving you know the result is just the result okay that's another result you know it happened once it'll happen again you know it's and just keep moving you know um i mean there are things you you need to learn from every result um but but you don't need to be upset about it and you don't need to overly dwell on it and and uh to bring it back to this keyword here um you have to be persistent and you just have to go back and do your best again and and you keep doing it It sort of becomes a way of life you know how about um how about ideas? I think it's a tough one when you're applying it to bands, but I think I think the really, really good or successful bands have a unique approach that stands out, whether that approach is in a musical, comes in a musical package or comes in an organizational package. Like They're doing things that um, I think have their own unique twist on them and work, you know? They find what works, they and then they just sort of build on that, you know? I mean, you take a perfect example, like, you know, tuning the band or something like that you know i think every band has their own way of doing that and there is no one right way but if you find what works and you stick with it and you just sort of make it better i think that's where you kind of sort of those are the ideas those are the sort of the core ideas of the group well, of the band that sort of take the, the take, other take obvious motion. thing too is is in repertoire selection and, and right, medley right. construction obviously there's a lot of ideas that get bounced mm-hmm. around there and um, yeah, I, I think a, a band that co- that's constantly coming up with good ideas, um, just in all sorts of various aspects of running the band, um, I think those are healthy bands. Right. Um, and uh, and not I think afraid to, maybe of, not afraid to try new things or, or, or change it up a bit every now and then to sort of get a get a better result, you know, in whatever it might be. I think you know we could, you know, um, you know, Bog Hall had a great year, um, a great season, and and certainly their music is in one respect, you know, very bog hall. Like it sort of keeps that sort of style that they've been known for, you know, over the years, but they changed, you know, they had, a, there was a little bit more dynamic stuff happening. They were trying to really sort of kick it up a little bit. And the same with Scottish Power, you know, had a great result at the Worlds this year, right? There, there's another band who is always trying to see, see how far they, see how far they can sort of push whatever they're doing. Um, well, I think Chris Armstrong is obviously one of those uh, icons of great ideas when it comes to pipe. Right. Uh, and certainly great musical ideas. But what about being good? <laughs> Isn't that kind of generic? It can be. I think, but I think that's where the nuts and bolts are. You know, the the, the working on uh, your sound. You know, your music, your your technique. You know, all the band stuff that goes along with that. Um, I think that's where, you know, that's where that kind of stuff applies. Like if you're if you're really practicing to be better, then then that's 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 really what what that's about. That's the action that happens for from the good, you know, from the idea of being good. I might also put forward that. Uh, I might also put forward that being good isn't just a matter of being good at your instrument, but it's also goodness uh, from a personality point of view 
in that um, I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone that's been successful for very long that wasn't sort of a truly good good person. You know, yeah. um, sure, sure there are nasty nasty people that maybe rise to the top briefly, but most of the people that stick are you know are good leaders and and um, uh, good people. I, I mean, I'm sure there are always people that you don't like and whatever, but right. Uh, and I don't think but, you can be a good bandsman either without being you know a, a good person too. Like you have to be, yeah. a, you know, the idea is just being a good bandsman too. Like being, you know, doing the work, <laughs> right? Um, you know, having the focus and uh, and and all of that kind of stuff um, comes into play. You know. When you, when yeah, Oren Moore is no to different. those ideas. I mean, we have all good people in Oren Moore, and and when uh, if it's discovered that that's not the case, you know, they're all gone. We they don't they might you know be able to get in there for a little while, but ultimately, you know, the, yeah. the, that goodness and that that sort of moral compass and stuff is really important. Um, and um, how about how about being pushed? Pushed. I think that's. I think successful bands have have leadership that pushes its members to be better in all ways. Yeah, I know when I call those extra practices, people, you know, they're all very reluctant and they want to kill me. But, um, but at other times, people push me too. I know that's the case. Yeah. You know, it's Absolutely. like. Yeah, and it's, an, it's an individual thing as well. Like you have to be able to, you know, the best bands I think are never satisfied, right, with, with where they are and always strive for bigger and better, and that and that inspires the same thing in its members, you know, individually. I think, um, and I think you know, once those things are in effect, I think those they just build on, they just it just builds on itself, you know. Yeah. Totally. Uh, what about serving? I think this is kind of interesting. I I, I kind of saw that and I was like, uh, that's kind of weird. I mean, you know, um, you could think of serving in other aspects of your life, but are you really serving as you attempt to become successful at bagpiping? Well, yeah. I, well, I think the the, the video. Uh, said it best i mean even you know you have to serve something of value even if your your goal is to make money right you have to serve yeah. something of value to, to other people in order to to make that money um and i think when it comes to a pipe band i think it's the same kind of thing you have to you know put simply it's just the best band serve up great music you know that ex that's exciting that excites its audience um uh, you know when you talk about competition it's got to be stuff that's that's just going to be you know stand out from the rest maybe um I think um, I'll use another example from my past, and it's you know one of the things that I thought about after watching this video is, you know I I definitely do feel compelled um, to serve my piping community as well, especially as someone who, you know who has learned a lot and I've learned a lot from a lot of great people, who taught me things a lot of times just out of the goodness of their own sort of hearts and their own interest in mm -hmm. strengthening the community, and I definitely give back in that way. I know when I went to um, SFU, you know, there's a big spirit of serving the kids and the kids organization. And you could argue it's a little bit self-serving because they're, they're building the future of their own organization. But, mm. um, but I think the main thing is to just strengthen piping. Uh, and so all the, all these great players that they're all doing that in some way. And uh, we definitely work to do that here um, in or and more and definitely through the dojo and, yeah, I've sort of made my career yeah. of it. It's, sharing, well, it's evangelical, right? You have to be, yeah, you have to be share. You know, have to be willing to share, and you have to be evangelical. You know, in the sense that you just want to spread what you've got or what you have, to, to, you know, and poison the minds of others, kind of. You know. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it, and some people will reject your ideas. Yeah. Uh, anybody, anybody that's successful. I mean, there's that that uh, group of people, and maybe it's in, at the beginning, it's a majority of people who reject you know, what you're doing. And I think that's okay. You just, but just to make your, yourself and your knowledge available is, uh, is serving in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, and Absolutely. Kenyon's going on with the karma. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And I think, you know, like a lot of, uh, especially with a really good band and in, in, say in the grade one, the top of the grade one, you have, uh, you know, whatever they're doing works <laughs> well. Right. And, you know, I think a lot of them are willing to share it. You know, they're like, if you really wanted to know about it, you could you could find out. You know, um, and I think that that kind of service is 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 not something that is something that people forget. Like, you can figure that out too. Sometimes all you have to do is ask. <laughs> you know, you just have to figure it out. And and uh, and people are pipers are not anything if not willing to talk uh, at length about what they're doing. You know, no matter what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um... Drummers aren't so much unless they've had a few beers in them, and then they, they start talking to you. 
So uh, uh, I, I think that's a really uh, interesting point. I mean, are there any thoughts out there in the crowd today? Um, people have been a little bit sleepy. Not a huge turnout today, but um, if there's any thoughts, I mean... Um, yeah, I mean, what kind of things, I mean, if you're playing in another band, like what kind of things, do you see some of these things that work in your own band or maybe uh, things that are happening that are working against some of these things too? Um, I think surely there's a lot been, you know, I've had experience where things, you know, it just seems to work against the push, right? Everything that's happening just makes you not want to push any harder, you know, or, you know, or, or the ideas are just bad <laughs> or something, you know. Um, I think that uh, it's interesting. You could take this rubric here, the, these seven ideas, and you could say, well, my band is struggling or, or I'm struggling as a soloist. You know, what, um, what am I doing wrong? Where do I need to look for inspiration to improve? And I think it's all here. And I think if you think honestly about... Um, your, yourself and your strengths and weaknesses or your band, I think um, you'll be able to find weaknesses in a variety of these areas. Um, and yeah. those are the areas that maybe you can think about, um, you know, expanding on in order to improve yourself. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great point. I think it's really kind of, you know, just sort of boils down some of the things that you kind of already know, you know, I mean, we kind of already know that, you, you know, you got to work hard and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you just sometimes just can, you know, sort of distilling it to the to the word and the concept works wonders you know in helping you um, just pinpoint you know the things that you need um. totally well let's um let's do this uh, Carl what are you up to today anything good going on uh, I don't know but I've been waiting for a good segue all day so are you ready for this Andrew yeah that was your segue that's as good yeah. as it's going to get <laughs> okay so uh what is a good way to experience passion, do some focused, persistent work, get new good ideas, and push yourself to serve up some good music? Oh, my God. Have you been working on that the whole hour? Uh, for about five minutes. <laughs> um, well, Carl, that's a very interesting question. Um, we Just today, we have finalized our um, uh, fall lineup at at Dojo University, and um, it's kind of exciting. There's lots of good stuff going on. I think what I'll maybe do is just show you um, on my screen here. Um, we've got uh, our new lineup here that we just announced. Uh, we've got some really cool classes coming up. Um, on Wednesday nights, starting in October, Rob Matheson, uh, the famous pipe major of Shots and Diecat and now a uh, member of SFU Pipe Band, is going to uh, be going through a variety of uh, technique development from his perspective all on Dojo U, which is going to be um, uh, pretty awesome. I mean, um, definitely, you know, one of the most famous pipers of all time. So we're really excited and honored to uh, have Rob with us. Uh, Willie McCallum in mid-October is going to teach us uh, the art of MSR playing on Dojo U. And that's going to be uh, Thursday nights. Uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, the next one, Vin, I think you're going to be, I think you're going to be taking this one. Um, my mind is already blown. Yeah, um, Jack, Dr. Jack Taylor, who is the president uh, of the Peabrock Society and um, a really prevalent judge on the circuit, is going to be teaching the 2013 set tunes, which are our Peabrocks that they set each year to be played in the different competitions, and so. Um, we're really excited to have that class. Even if you're just vaguely interested in P-Brock, you're going to want to hear Jack go through the tunes. But uh, more importantly, if you're one of the, those pipers who's thinking about uh, playing and competing at the higher levels, this is really a must-see sort of class. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Does that help? I'll make it a little bigger. Um, next, uh, Donald Lindsay, we're going to start a beginning P-Brock class on Monday nights at 6.30 starting in October, and then he's also going to continue on with his repertoire expansion classes um, on seven, at 7.30 as well. Um, and then last but not least, we're adding Maureen Connor into the mix. And um, Maureen is the pipe major of the Scotia Glenville Pipe Band, who just won the world championships. And uh, she is paralleled, I would say, by few in the world when it comes to uh, beginning players and turning them into really, really top-notch bagpipers. So she's going to share her perspective and, and her teaching philosophies with us uh, on Mondays and Thursdays. 
And so that's all going to start. It's an action-packed lineup. Yeah, it, I mean, it's kind of uh, incredible, isn't it? I mean, we um, uh, we just reached out to some people, and, and all of them seem to come through pretty well. So. Um, yeah, well, there's, there's there's that instinct to serve, right? There's that instinct to serve and share what you share what they know, which is really yeah. really really cool. It is really cool, and um, it's great. I, I I just finally sort of got to know Rob Matheson a little bit uh, this last year on our Scotland trip. Um, I obviously I'm connected with SFU, and and he is now as well. So there's that connection there, and um, I really love Rob's point of view, and uh, it's so different from from what we're used to here in North America, and so oh, it's yeah, really. You know, let's He's definitely got his way. own take on things, you know, and I and I think it's like it, it came through in shots for sure. Um, and um, it, when it comes to another segue, let's do that. We're going to listen to. I was going to do Scottish Power, but let's listen to SFU's medley from the Worlds because I know Rob Matheson was involved in that medley, and I thought their medley was awesome. I, uh, it was from, awesome. It yeah, really was. and I have to say, it almost almost won me over. I'm still not a fan of the content, but it won me over, you know. Yeah. And and I, it but it was just like superb. In all ways, I know like you're, you couldn't you're not even a huge fan, but the performance I, I was, not, was but it, so good. But the performance, yeah, the performance was outstanding. Yeah. Well, let's do that. Then let's let's wrap up uh, for today by listening to SFU, and uh, I think we'll we'll sign off after that. So, um, thank you everybody for tuning in this week, and uh, we'll be back next week with more amazing, riveting bagpiping content. <laughs> all right. Have so, a good day. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you later.